Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke from BurkeReviews.com, and with me as always is the Kingsman to my Statesman from all the way across the Atlantic. It's Matt Hudson from WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk. What's going on, Matt? Hey John, how you doing mate? I'm doing very, very well. I've got my Star Wars mug here, full of hot tea this time. It's been a requirement for some reason for the last few shows of JB that my tea is cold, but no, it's hot today. I've come in hot for John tonight. Uh, however you want to interpret that, do so. But I'm looking forward to this show, my friend. But firstly, I want to know how on earth you are. I am okay. A little tired. I uh, gotta mm-hmm. be real. I um, I had to pick my wife up uh, from a friend's house after work, and I was driving back and almost ran through a red light because I was just like ready to go home. I want to go home. Let's go home. Don't do and, that, kids. Yeah. So uh, I was. I mean, I had stopped. And there was like an arrow for the other lane, but apparently I thought it was time for me to go. Um, and even like my wife was like, you can't go. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't? Oh, um, so I was a little slow on the, the reaction time. So uh, apologies in advance. Uh, I think I am a little worn down from uh, just all the nonstop work for uh, teaching online. And yeah, so hopefully my brain is going to function. I have a cold Coke Zero next to me. Ooh. Which uh, has a little bit of caffeine in it, so maybe it'll it'll spike enough that I can uh, wake up just enough. I didn't have time to get coffee. Um, I would have probably just got decaf anyway, so I don't know how much that would have truly helped. But sometimes will... the uh, the warmth of the coffee helps, you know, and so yeah. I'm kind of missing that. But... Well, this caffeine will give you a kick up the old backside that you need to not run the red light. I've had a migraine for the last two days, but I recorded with John yesterday in terms of real life, and it went away during that recording. It's gone now. But it seems to be whenever I know that JB is coming into my peripheral, the migraine just went. So um, thanks, John. Hey, you know, I do what I can. Um, I am the all natural uh, healing entity that people need in their ears. Um, With that, we are here this week on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast to review, uh, apparently, officially, according to IMDb, the Train to Busan Presents colon Peninsula 2020 or otherwise showing as Peninsula on most things, but um, they really want to make sure you know it's a sequel to Train to Busan. I really um, want you to watch this film. It is um, right. It's not a sequel of characters. It's a sequel of world building. So based on if you saw Train to Busan, so heads up, we are going to technically spoil part of Train to Busan. Um, in mm-hmm. order to talk about Peninsula, we will not spoil Peninsula, uh, especially because it is recently released to VOD everywhere. Uh, directed by Sang Ho Yan, uh, written by Sang Ho Yan and Ryu Zhang Ye. I'm sure I, I love how we picked this movie for my week to host. Um, here it goes, folks. Here's the cast. Uh, I'm going to butcher this so badly. Uh, no prep went into this. Here we go. Here we go. Dong Wang Gang, um, Young Hoon Lee, Really, Really seems way too fun to say. That's, that was uh, really easy. Uh, uh, really it was uh hey hoi kwan and min J kim i think I, you did I, quite well there cause... yeah that felt okay uh you know i i probably under, undersell my ability to pronounce uh in this case i'm assuming all korean names um a zombie virus has in the last four years spread to all of south korea hence the spoiler for four koreans in hong kong sail what that's weird they would abbreviate hong kong 
in the synopsis. Um, four Koreans in Hong Kong sail through the blockade to Ichion for a $20 million US on a truck. Um, yeah, that's also not a great synopsis. Thanks, IMDb, nope. for wrecking everything. Uh, but that's how the movie starts, to be fair, essentially. Uh, it's it's four years since Train to Busan. The entire peninsula, hence the name, is now basically overrun with zombies. Um, and the people who are from the area want to get back on, into Korea to take, uh, South Korea to be exact, to take some of the money. Um, it, it's apparently splitting everywhere. This is I don't think I've ever seen such a middle-of-the-row rating on anything we've looked at, but a 51 Metascore, 5.4 IMDb user score, and a 52 uh, Rotten Tomato score. That's hmm. pretty much saying you either like or dislike this movie. There's there's not apparently a gray area, um, or I guess there is a major gray area, but it's, it's since these are all uh, averages, you got to assume that there's a lot of high and a lot of low. One every um, one in two people like this film, and maybe we are one in two. Um, now, I had actually seen this uh, a few months ago, and my review's been up on BerkReviews.com for quite some time, which is lucky because it's been a while since I wrote a review. Um, as <laughs> I am opting just to talk about movies at the moment. And, um, but it is available now to rent and buy anywhere. I actually uh, picked this up on Vudu on sale last week for 10 bucks. I think it might've gone off sale today. Side note, uh, Bill and Ted's face, the music went on sale for 10 bucks today. You know, I added that to my collection. You're damn right. You did. Uh, I was very excited about that, but, uh, Matt, how were you able to watch Peninsula? It's on digital streaming over here in the United Kingdom. It was released uh, end of last week as per recording. There it is. And so um, this was one. Uh, I was a big fan of Trainee Busan. God same. Um, and this I don't think this is uh, lives up to being the same level of what Trainee Busan did. But Trainee Busan did something a lot of zombie movies failed to do. And, and they made characters that had um, actual stakes and that you were invested in and cared about. And so in a zombie environment, it's going to create a lot of tension for the audience. And it's just, it's just a tremendous movie. It's a lot of fun. The zombie design is very unique. Um, and I would say in training Busan, overall, it looks really, really good. Um, Peninsula is a different type of beast. I think they still do a good job of making characters that are, that have, um, I felt they were empathetic. I think there's maybe they're very like, they're not very deep characters. You don't really know much about them, but you get that they're not bad people and that they generally, um, you know, I felt for them. I felt for their situation and I, I was, I was worried for their well being, And so I was invested in it. Um, I think this movie does a lot of fun stuff with the zombies uh, and making it more post-apocalyptic um, and, I, I dubbed this uh, at the time Mad uh, Mad Max meets Fast and the Furious meets uh, Zombies. Like it's a combination yeah. of those th- three films in my eyes, and, I, and that's a lot of fun. And that's and that's what I think this film is. It's a fun zombie movie. It's not really a scary zombie movie. I mean, there's a few little moments, but it's more about like the action and um, and again the characters surface level, but empathetic. You still you should care for these people and what they're going through. At least I did. Again, I do think it, it's underdeveloped. I think in that way, I don't think you get a lot about the characters, but all, I I feel like the performances were all solid. Um, the two young actresses that play the uh, the daughters of, um, I don't know how to really get into it without getting into any kind of plot stuff, but I think they do a really good job in the movie. I like them quite a bit. Um, I, I, I have like no complaints about this film. I can see it's, it's definitely, if you're comparing it to Train to Busan, it is a lesser film. 
but it's a sequel and i think it does a good job as a world building sequel because again there's no characters from train to busan there's nothing connecting it other than this is the same outbreak four years later um and you see how bad it's gotten and um it's more to set up the mad max kind of if if nothing if the world didn't stop the apocalypse what would it look like and fortunately it's on a peninsula so it stopped there but uh it that peninsula is a shell of itself and it you know um, I do think some of the special effects look bad. Like there's some CG stuff that looks not great. Um, I still think the overall zombie design is interesting. Um, and I, I found it to be fun both times. This, I, I did rewatch it for this episode. And so it wasn't like I was going off of this for months ago. Um, I, I think it's very, very easy to watch. And um, again, I, I love the Mad Max and Fast and Furious type elements that get introduced in it with the, the chase sequences and stuff. I think are really cool. Um, yeah, I I certainly agree on a few of the points there. This, if Train to Busan was the outbreak, then Peninsula is yeah, it's very much the aftermath. It's what becomes next. So there, that that is your like sequel link. It's a tentative sequel. Uh, so the connective tissue becomes in the world. Um, yeah. If I went into this obviously knowing it was a sequel to Train to do to Busan whilst also knowing it was, again, tentative. But I couldn't shake that feeling in my head that this is a sequel to a very, very good, very good zombie film in Train to Busan. And on that level, Peninsula wasn't... It it disappointed me because I couldn't shake the fact that it is coming after that film. Even as a, But even as a standalone film, I still think it's just... I kind of agree with the uh, critic ratings for this film. Um, it's, I mean, I, it, the start of this film, it took, it took the rec film, like four films to get to where this film got to. So I suppose they've got that on another international zombie film, but, um, I like the, I liked the performances. I think, um, uh, Gang Don Juan is very good as, uh, Captain Young Shock. I thought the kids were great, actually. I think I, I really uh, agree with you there. They, the acting was very decent. Uh, Lee Yi Won was the youngest daughter and, um, Leary was the, or really was the eldest daughter. But I mean, but they're, how they were positioned in this um, apocalyptic world seemed a little bit forced. Like the things they were able to do seemed a bit OTT, and that's kind of how I felt about the film. It all felt a bit OTT compared to the taut, still frantic but claustrophobically awesomely great Train to Busan. It, it also felt a bit cheesy at times, like you say. Those, there's a lot of chases in this which are a lot of them are CGI based. So it felt like an arcade game when I was watching it. It felt and looked like an arcade game or a cutscene, or in a PS4, PS5, Xbox game. Uh, so that took me out of it as well. So I didn't feel the stakes were as high as they could have been. Cause I just didn't, I couldn't buy into what I was watching as much as it had it been a little bit more practical. And I know that's a lot of, the, as there are certain things in this film, which I can probably hear John saying, you can't do that in real life, but I think some of the <laughs> I think some of the things they could have done. The zombies look great. I think the zombie design is wicked. I like them in the first film. I think it's great in this film as well. There were some good ideas in terms of story that weren't developed. There's one involving North Korea, which was a great idea, but just didn't go anywhere, which really disappointed me. Uh, the villains I thought were a bit one dimensional as well. Um, I thought here where he was name was sergeant huang uh kim min jay he was uh, the 
the um, the dog on a leash kind of bad guy, and Kukio uh, Huan was Captain So. He was the the leader of the bad the bad guys, who really doesn't seem like he should be leading this group of bad guys. But I don't know. I feel it was okay, but I didn't I didn't get invested too much. I thought the beginning was good with how they set it up. Uh, I thought the ending was um, okay. But in between, there was just a lot of... It, it was too long for me. It was a bit too long, this film. And in, in the middle, yeah. it sagged a bit too much. And I just couldn't buy into what I was seeing as much as I wanted to. It's not a bad film. It's not a bad film whatsoever. As a, as a follow-up, if you want to call it Train to Pusan Presents Peninsula, as a follow-up to that film, it's a big disappointment for me. As a standalone, it's very watchable. It's very decent. Uh, I, but I think I preferred Hashtag Alive from a couple of weeks ago on the BAMP, the Netflix film, just for a, a zombie film dealing with an, dealing with like the apocalypse. So in short, well, after that, I liked it, but I just didn't love it. And I really wanted to, and I did kind of feel a bit disappointed during it. But um, I see the points you're making, though, are valid, my friend. Well, I, I think I lean uh, kind of more towards where... Oh, um where you're coming from and uh I agree i do i kind of had forgotten how long it was until i went to rewatch it and i was like this seems unnecessary nearly long. two hours yeah um there's there's it suffers from what a lot of movies do is where they they seem to double a scene like there's a scene where it, it feels like this is the natural like transition to the end point mm-hmm. and instead it's just like a delay and they do a very similar scene again later it's like yeah did you need both though? There was a um, scene at the end. Again, okay, no spoilers. So I'm not going to say what happens in the scene, but something happened, and I was like, right, like you say, that is the logical step now to finishing this film. We're we're at we're in the end game now, and I just looked. I was like, Jesus, there's like 37 minutes left of this. Yeah. I was like, what on earth are they going to do? So yeah, it was stretched out a little too long. And movies movies have a bad habit of doing that. I don't know why. Um, sometimes I think it might be the writer falling in love with their uh, their idea too much to let it go. Um, is it the same director. director as well with the first film? Which is cool. Um, yeah. And I think they did a, a like a, there's either a prequel comic like animated movie. Yes. Uh, and I've not seen that, but I, I, I do like this universe. And again, I enjoyed like the Mad Max Fast and the Furious elements mm-hmm. of this film. And I think that was enough to elevate it uh, for what it was. Um, I do think it's 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 definitely watchable. It's not like one of those zombie oh, films sure. where it's like, ooh, good, but um it's it doesn't it doesn't live up to the Train to Busan name for sure. And I don't know that it can, because Train to Busan is is an outstanding zombie film that I think most people who have seen it were like kind of left flabbergasted that a zombie film could be as good. And there's even there's like there's moments in that movie where I, I also think it maybe is longer than it needs to be but yeah, the scenes are that. so cool like there's like some cool martial arts sequences in it which who expects that in a zombie movie you know like well that's um, it it's more it's more like the action is raw in that film whereas here it isn't it's very kind of it's an action film almost in this film there's too many chases and too many too many uses of weapons whereas the first film uh was a lot more kind of fisticuffs and and yeah, martial arts but the weapons on everything kind of makes sense here. I think there's some really innovative stuff with the chase sequences, like with the lights and and how the uh, the zombies, you know, with the sound and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. it's really cool. And do you not think they they overdid it with the lights? So in terms of how many times they use it, is that uh, yeah, either Deus Ex Machina or 
And just to start, it's like, what do we do now? Lights. I think it comes back to, um, I don't necessarily think they overdid it because I, I do think they maybe over set it up in the beginning because the, the, the American speaking guy at the beginning of the movie who kind of sends them to the, the peninsula, um, he does like, okay, remember, they don't see well at night. And it's like, okay, we got it. You're going to really emphasize that they don't twice see well. The, yeah. yeah um, it's like, th- if you don't move, the T-Rex won't he see you. Uh, it's like, calm down there, Grant. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so they they overset it up and then they do use it to death. But I think it's I think it's a cool visual I had fun with the chase sequences. Again, I'm not saying that it's the best action movie or anything like that, but they weren't. I've seen quote unquote action movies where I'm really bored. Like you and I, we watched escape from New York and that's a beloved action film. And neither one of us were really like blown away by the quote unquote action of it. Right. Like it wasn't an action movie in the way that I, I want action to be kind of nonstop and, and, I do. Th- we. I agree completely that this is too long, though, and that's where I think part of that comes in. It's like mm-hmm. they they had to overuse that because they stretched the movie out longer than they should have. So I don't think the problem is with the content. I think the problem is with the length. If they trim some of that out, I think you get some of that removed, and then it doesn't feel like it's being overused. And again, I think so. It's probably the filmmaker falling in love with his idea and not being willing to cut something. You know, it's too precious. Like, no, no, I thought of this. I really want to use it. It's like, yeah, but no, I agree. If if they taken out maybe for me again, this is all just my my thought. If they taken out maybe one of the car chases and maybe one of the use of lights light sequences, take off that shaves maybe I don't know ten minutes off. I don't, maybe then it feels a little tighter for me and it, a little less like they're recycling ideas. But yeah. again, that's that may that may or not may or may not have done it because I thought it was. I thought the story itself was like odd. Like the, as the synopsis said, they've got to go and get a truck with twenty million bucks on and get it out again. Simple, but um, they managed to drag that out quite a lot. Um, regarding lights, what did you think of the uh, the ingenuity of the uh, of the young girls? I they I I kind of think they're the best part of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like the captain, like you said, but like uh, they're they're very smart. Um, I like the uh, the. I kind of like the the idea that one's like really good with the the full size cars, and then one's really good with the remote control cars. Like they're like mini me, you know. Um, and I think those scenes are kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I love I love their their characters, and even they they kind of become the emotional crux towards the end. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and if you're not buying into them, then it then the movie definitely will land flat. But if you're if you if you care about them, I think you're in. I I bought into them. I just didn't entirely buy into part of what they were you know do, uh, doing or uh, what emoting over or reacting to whatever but part of it any part of it um i think their 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 mum in this film was great uh lee jung hyun i think she's very good as min young i think she's really good i think she's a bit of a badass as well in this there was one character which just it was really odd who actually ends up being part of that emotional crux at the end of the film. I was just kind of like, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with this person. But I, I again, I, I think the performances were good. I like the characters for the, the, the you know the, the protagonist characters. The antagonists were just a bit wishy washy. The zombies looked very good. Yeah, my I think yeah my issue I think you've hit it there. My issue is it's too long, and if you you trim some of the fat, which was things that they already, that they kind of doubled down on, trim some of that. And it probably goes up a mark or two for me, but like you said, it's not a bad film, but no way did I watch it and think, bloody hell, hurry up. 
as in I'm really not enjoying this. I did think at one point, bloody hell, like I said, there's 37 minutes left and this is kind of good end now. But I definitely, if you, if you like the first film, I can't actually say that. I was going to say, if you like the first film, you probably will like this, but I like the first film and I'm a bit on the fence, but I, I, I wonder if, if you didn't have, if you haven't seen the first film or uh, Train to Busan, maybe you'll go, maybe you'll enjoy this more because you haven't got that in the back of your mind. I'd be interested to hear what people who haven't seen that first one think of this one. Yeah, no, I, I, I concur. I, I think I liked it more the first time, but maybe it was just that like anticipation and also middle of the summer. And like, there was, uh, I mean, we saw a lot of movies in the summer, but there was no new movies in the summer. So I was just like, yeah, I've been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so, you know, again, I, I do think it's good. I don't think it's great. And um, and a good in an in action kind of movie way. Like, I don't think it's like a revolutionary zombie film or like, uh, you know, this epic everybody's got to see it kind of situation. I just think it's, you know, if you like if you like zombies and you like action, if you like, uh, you know, Fast and Furious and Ma- Mad Max. There's something for you. That's uh, what I'm saying, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if you did watch the first one, definitely do check this one out. I'm, I'm with John there. It's, it's a serviceable film. If ignore, it, it, Even if you just ignore the fact that it's got Train to Busan Presents, Peninsula is a very serviceable action zombie film. It's not really horror, though. So, yeah, action zombie um, apocalyptic car chase film. Peninsula is you know, very decent. It's fine. But it's obviously just doesn't live up to the predecessor, but no, check it out though. Give it, give it a watch though. Absolutely. Check it out. If not just for the, the, I will say last thing is it does. It, it kind of reminds me of like the DCEU movies. That's got kind of the Zack Snyder, like darkness about the world. Oh, that's right. Shame, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like it just, it, it looks mm. fake <laughs> kind of like, it, it doesn't look crisp. Uh, like you would like, um, and no. so that that's there are some issues with the CG. I, I assume that's probably budget issues because um, I don't. I, it didn't feel like this got a big push considering how popular Train to Busan was. I don't know that Train to Busan made a lot of money. I, I think it found its legs after v, like beyond VOD. So. I think so. Um, we just had a sixteen million dollar budget, and it made in and it made just over just over double that. Sorry. At the box office, but I, I hear you with the Snyder thing. It's really odd when Steppenwolf just decided to come in to the action, but that was weird. Uh, but Train to Busan, uh, that had a that had a budget half the size of this, eight point five million, and that raked in almost a hundred million dollars. So um, half the budget made a lot more money. This had uh, twice the budget and ha- hasn't made that money. But is that down to the well, the times we live in? So I think that's I think the box office returns can kind of be negated for this film because. So there are no theaters anymore yeah that makes me sad um well that's it for our review of peninsula let's move on to our next segment um here we are going to look at the popular headlines we call this chuffed headlines these are movie pop culture headlines that caught our attention my dog just barked awkwardly that was weird um <laughs> that's a weird noise right uh sorry um <laughs> john's um, diet but let's start off uh, with Matt's headline, um, I had not seen this, so I'm actually kind of intrigued to hear what's the what's the situation. Uh, well, my headline reads verbatim: Colin Farrell can't play Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts three. Uh, so he probably could do if he wanted to, because he already has done. But this all relates to the Johnny Depp story. Uh, obviously, Johnny Depp has been 
let go. He is uh, he is now not in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Warner Brothers have given him his P forty five. All based on this ongoing court case over here in the UK, where a newspaper he he sued a newspaper basically for defamation and slander uh, against his name. Obviously, with the ongoing uh, court case with Amber him and Amber Heard and the domestic abuse issue, the paper over here ruled that there was a more than more than enough substantial evidence to prove that Johnny Depp had done what he was accused of. This was this was just for this case, not the one happening in the states. But so the, the court over here said, "Well, looking at the evidence, there's more than enough stuff here to say that yes, you did uh, uh, partake in domestic abuse, which, if true, is awful, and yes, you should be struck off the register." Um, but there is an ongoing court case in the US where Amber Heard is also accused, and they're both accusing each other, and it's dicey. But of course, it's all it's all alleged at a minute. However. Because of the UK court stance, Warner Brothers have kind of been left with no choice but to say, well, this court has said they think there's enough evidence against you here, so we can't have you in our film. But we'll let Ezra Miller stay. Um, so Johnny Depp's gone from Fantastic Beast 3. The production goes on, the show must go on. So they just thought the easy thing to do was get Colin Farrell back in to play Grindelwald. He started in Fantastic Beasts and he morphed into Johnny Depp. But because of Colin Farrell's commitments on The Batman, he probably now can't play Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts 3, which now means that there's going to be a massive like, chasm in uh, casting there. So it can't be Johnny Depp, obviously. It doesn't look like it can be Colin Farrell. I'm sure he'd come back to play the role. I don't see why he wouldn't do. But that franchise, which has already got enough problems because of its helmer, J.K. Rowling, now the Johnny Depp situation, Ezra Miller as well. It's not doing well, but Colin Farrell's not coming back by the looks of it. And I guess the only saving grace for this is, as it's not based on a series of books, obviously it's based on a tome, they can kind of do what they want now. They can just, I guess they can say, yeah, that was just Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp was Grindelwald in another disguise. They get an actor in. This is my true form, assuming they don't go to court. Um, so they can get another actor in and, make up as they go along with the wizarding world because it would be different if it was obviously something like Harry Potter where if it's Daniel Radcliffe let's just say was uh caught up in a situation where he had to leave the franchise and had to bring someone else in I know they did that with Dumbledore but that was obviously different circumstances but it, it would be similar to that so how how do you how do you write around the fact that it's a completely different person or do you just ignore it like or just do you do an do you do an MCU and with um War Machine, uh, so they they can they can kind of write themselves out of a corner here, but at the same time they they are backed into a corner. So uh, I mean, would would you want to see him back if he could? Um, I mean, I love Colin Farrell. I don't love yep. the Fantastic Beast movies. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been pretty critical about both of them. I, I've I it, it's odd because we just talked about this on the Star Wars thing uh, the other day. Yes, we um, did actually. <laughs> but um, because I was like, there's no beasts. Uh, yeah, they they should have gone a different direction because they we don't need a villain like this. I wanted to just see the the world of Harry Potter, the Wizarding world, like that's what we love at this point. 
you have this character who's hunting beasts. Like it's Indiana Jones. Get rid of. We don't need the Nazis even. You know, just go hunting for an item. Someone else is hunting for it. Boom! National treasure meets Harry Potter. Let's do it. Like have the beasts be the villains if needs be. Right. Like that's the obstacle. Right. Like the thing's trying to get away. He's trying to get it. You know. Boom. And the the very few scenes where there are animals are my favorite parts of the movies. Um, the niffler yeah but even uh i think it's the second one where he does like the weird dance to like get the the big giant monster thing i know thing yeah i thought that was great it was weird but that's okay it's a wizarding world that's uh, what you expect <laughs> now uh, one i had not heard anything about ezra miller what, what has he done uh he choked a fan <laughs> a female fan wow uh, a gig in uh, or a gig or a nightclub or a bar in iceland uh she asked him something and there was video footage of him putting his hand around her neck and like, I think shoving her to the floor. Wow. Uh, but Warner brothers has thought, thought, well, you know, let's hope people forget about this, but well, he's also uh, but they, flash too. So that's two, two projects they have him tied to. Exactly. But they, so, but because, I mean, as far as I know, there's, there, are, there has been, or there is no uh, charges or court case against Ezra Miller. They can kind of just, they can kind of just think, well, you know, maybe maybe the person is just wants to leave us alone, or maybe they've paid her off. I don't know, but that is that's still in the obviously J.K. Rowling's just an, uh, getting everyone's backs up on Twitter. Israel oh, yeah. Miller's choking female fans. It's, there's a video out there. It's not me making it up or coming at anyone with an agenda. It, it happened, and obviously this with Johnny Depp. So if you didn't like the films in the first place, this wouldn't help you. I didn't mind the first film, like I said, the night. The second one, I was slightly more up on it than most people when I watched it again. Because yes, I watched it twice. Um, first time by myself for what I watched tonight, and the second time I took my stepkid to watch it because she loves the Potter films and she cried her eyes out <laughs> during this film. Uh, second time I noticed more flaws to it, but I still thought it was okay. But yeah, they're, they're not great, and well, I don't know what they're going to do to salvage this because J.K. Rowling has basically pulled a James Cameron and said we're doing what five or six of these films. Well, um, oh yeah, I know it's ridiculous how many. Because it was originally three. It was going to be a trilogy, yes. and they have extended this multiple times. Um, and yeah, um, th- before we saw the second one, my daughter and I went to the Proper Pie Company, which is this really awesome, Ooh. um, British themed, uh, like restaurant slash. They had like a bunch I remember of this. British candy, and I had fish and chips, um, appropriately. Um, I remember this, yeah. Actually, they didn't have chips, though. They were out of chips that I had onion rings, and they were very apologetic that they didn't have chips. But um, So they should be. It was delicious fish, though, and I I would love to go back to that place. I don't know if they're still open right now because of COVID and stuff, but one day I hope to go back. But yeah, we tried to, we tried to do it upright. We went and got you know some food. She, my daughter got a um, some type of pie. I think she might have got... I can't remember what her pie was, but she got a, a, a like a pot pie type... Not a pot pie, but like a pie. Uh, but like, know, a but dinner yeah. pie, not a sweet pie um not a pizza pie yep and uh one of our pies and you know we went and saw we were in we were in good spirits she liked it more than i did she's uh but um i don't we have not i don't remember if we own this one or not i feel like i might have got it through a digital like system or something but um Mm -hmm. i i don't see why why colin farrell would necessarily want to come back i mean he he has not shied away from franchises he's taken some weird roles uh, Ooh, yeah. and I mean, when I say weird roles, he's obviously done the great weird roles, like in the lobster and killing of a sacred deer, but then he's done films, yeah. the weird roles, like with the, the Guy Ritchie movie, which was from this year, the gentleman, um, Jesus, right? It was, uh, it feels like it's so long ago, but it was this year. I mean, to be it fair, it was like in Bruges came before the movie. Yeah. Oh my God. I love in Bruges so much. Um, yeah, but 
you know, there's no reason for him to come back to this movie. And it doesn't make any more sense, to be honest, that he would suddenly revert back to the look he had in the first film. Like, that doesn't, I'd rather him just be a new person. He's already set a precedent that he changes his look. Let him change his look again. You know, like, it could be anybody. Yep. Um, and more. I think sometimes we get too hung up on that. We, there's been plenty of recasting in a franchise. Look at the first four Batman movies, right? You have Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Like, that's the same universe, everybody. Like, and if anyone tries to deny it, Batman Forever screws that up with Chris O'Donnell as Robin. And then guess what? He's in He's Robin back. again. So And the and the butler as well. Alfred, not Alfred. All, all four movies. And I think yep. Gordon as well, if I'm not mistaken, is the same actor. So... Uh, I think so. You, you don't you don't get continuity there. No one. I mean, people complained, but they weren't complaining because it was a different actor. They were complaining because they didn't like the performances more. So at least that's what I remember as people were more upset about like Clooney's hamming it up. He's got a bat card like it's stupid, but bat nipples. But like, yeah, it's whatever. Cast somebody else. It's a magic world. There's a billion explanations that you could give to justify a new actor. Um I, I say write Grindelwald out, though, and focus back on the character whose story we were supposed to be getting, you know? Well, that would... Newt Scamander, that, that would make more... If that thing is, they've now set up Grindelwald as basically Hitler yeah. um, at the end with his blue waves and getting um, Kravitz... Uh, what's, his name, what's the name? Uh, uh, name Zoe Kravitz on his side, and all that's gone, gone down the hill. Um, so they've kind of set him up to have a massive role in the next film. Which is the problem. So they have to, they're going to have to rather get someone in and make just say shapeshift again, hilariously do a CGI Johnny Depp lookalike, or yeah, ride him out somehow. And but then that would be such a you know who should do it? U turn, Crispin Glover. <laughs> get Crispin Glover in that role. Get hashtag get Glover in. Glover for Grindelwald is a hashtag we want to get going now. I think he would be great. Like, it, I don't remember his character name in the uh, the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland, but picture that guy as Grindelwald. Like, that dude nails it. Like, I mean, realistically, isn't Crispin Glover the creepier Johnny Depp anyways? Pretty much, yeah. I, it's a, that's a nice way of putting it, I think. Um, I can't think of anyone else off my head, because, I mean, to be fair, anyone could play him, but... You need you want to, they need to have a bit of menace, but I'm with you. I'd rather they revert back to Newt's commander finding these fantastic beasts. As he's a Hufflepuff, let's set some of that up. Let's let's set up more of the Wizarding World. Doesn't have to connect to the Harry Potter saga necessarily, but now obviously we've got Dumbledore well, in there looking looking all hot. You're seeing the problem of the the Skywalker saga happening in Harry Potter as well. It's got to be tied to that main story and there has to be a pure evil and a pure good. It's like, it, it doesn't though. Even more to me, what you could do, yes, they've set up this big story, but this is a periphery story. So have like, you have to go on a mission and we know that things are happening, but we don't have to see those things. We can just hear about them or find out about them because Newt's got to go take care of this thing or else. You know what I'm saying? Like 1917. Yeah. Like we know there's a world war going on, but we don't need to see the world war. We just need to no. see this one guy's mission. That's, and that's treading in dangerous territory as well, I think. To what territory? Into territory, I think. Mixing the World War Two and the real life event of World War II, World War oh, or whatever right. it is, with the wizarding world. And not that they can't do it, but... It, there's thin ice there with Hayden. I mean, if a film like Overlord managed managed to do it somehow, make a zombie film set in World War Two and make it bloody awesome. But I don't know. 
this franchise worries me how they're going to handle it. But yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. I would much rather just have Newt on a mission and give kind of give us that more like f- carefree, fun Wizarding World uh, story. You can have with, with like some sort of over looming um, threat in the background. But you know that's what I like about the Potter films is they manage to mix the 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 action, if you will. But there's still that sense of fun and the wonder and uh, mystery and uh, what I'd go to see a Wizarding World film for. I didn't really get that in these Fantastic Beast films. They're they're missing some of that magic, and I I, I agree with you about like sagas. Sagas can work, but it's it's just how well you write them. I mean, Fantastic Beasts that, that could have been set well before the Harry Potter saga to the point where the only times it gets mentioned are fun little Easter eggs. Like when Nicholas Vermeil turned up, have him turn up as a kid or something. I don't know, I was a teenager learning his craft, something like that. So when you watch the film, it's like, ah, he goes on to be, he's mentioned in with the Philosopher's Stone and all that, but it's not a big part of the story. But now obviously having Dumbledore become, now it's now intrinsically linked. You can't, you, you have to tread carefully with, with his character, with established canon. The fans are like Star Wars films and that are rabid in terms of continuity it, uh, they could have avoided it by just basically not not doing it or setting it. Or this is J.K. Rowling, so writing it further in the past, um, similar to the sequel trilogy. Set it further in the future, no problems then. But um, I thought it was an interesting story. But would I like to see Colin Farrell back? Obviously, for the reasons you mentioned, will he come back? I, I doubt it. After he's won his Oscar for, or, or his makeup team has won his Oscar for the for the Batman for best makeup. I don't think he needs to come back and play Grindelwald, but. I'm interested to see how this story pans out, but this franchise is is heading for a disaster, I think, man. It's spiraling. Um, yep. So my headline, I, I went the route you went last week. Mm-hmm. You took the Sean Connery news, and so I took the sad Alex Trebek has passed away news. Um, at 80 years old, the longtime host of Jeopardy, and uh, which is easily one of the most recognizable game shows, mm-hmm. I think, uh, in history. Um, I, I've always enjoyed Jeopardy. Um, in fact, I have... A personal anecdote, um, one of my co-workers was on Teacher uh, a Jeopardy edition a few years ago, and nice. she's a huge Alex Trebek fan and got to meet Alex. And um, so I've heard some great stories about her time uh, being a part of that. And um, she uh, there, she posted on her Instagram um, the other day that uh, they were touring the White House with Trebek and like all the teachers that were a part of the, the tournament and um, the the tour guide was getting like schooled with trivia by Trebek. Like he was just like pointing out facts and stuff. It just, but not, and not in like a, a jerk way, just, you know, like, Oh, and also because Trebek is, a, he's a fountain of knowledge. He's been hosting Jeopardy forever. Yeah, man. Um, it's, it's sad. Uh, I did, I post uh, a link to another article where it references his pop cultural influence of the different, um, movies and cartoons and stuff that where he's, his likeness and or himself has been a part of. And I, I always, I'm a huge fan of white man can't jump. And I, uh, when, when my friend was getting ready to go and be on Jeopardy, I started making jokes about, you know, the letter Q because that's the whole Rosie Perez really emphasizes that in the film that she's fruits that begin with the letter Q or words that begin with the letter Q, whatever it was. And, um, yeah, so, uh, I, I really enjoyed that sequence. Um, and it's, it is sad, uh, again, 80 years old, great life. It's not like it's, it's a short life. And, uh, my understanding too, um, is that he was still filming uh, up until about 10 days ago, right before wow. he passed away. And that there will be uh, the last episode of, of Trebek's Jeopardy will air right before Christmas, I believe. Um, 
And then we will have to find out, are they going to cancel Jeopardy without Trebek? Are they going to replace Trebek? Um, kind of curious to see what the future of Jeopardy will be. It's in Jeopardy. There won't be a dry eye in many houses in the States when that final episode is um, is aired. I've seen I, I, uh, Jeopardy's over here as well, the Trebek version. Uh, I've seen it many times, and the times I've been to the States, it's been on the television. So I'm very aware of the legacy of the game, but also um, Trebek's standing in television, in game show, game show television, and just in American pop culture. And that, like you just mentioned, the cameos, Cheers, The Golden Girl, Simpsons, Saturday Night Live, The X-Files, things like these kind of like pop culture like behemoths have all had Alex Trebek cameo or his likeness or some reference to him in it. So that's a testament to to the man himself. Plus, I mean, he's been doing what Jeopardy for what, well over 30 odd years. So that's a hell of a... And I read also that he spent like his final day uh, in 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 the in his backyard on a swing with his wife, which is which is a lovely kind of story oh. to to read, especially when you know obviously what uh, what came not long after that, which is a big shame. But uh, apparently he was at peace in his last few days, and he shared it with his wife by his side. So uh, what a hell of an innings, what a career! And if you're gonna if if you are going to succumb to that illness, then at least do it on your terms with those around you who you love. And I heard, I don't remember who said it, but someone compared him to basically being the Mr. Rogers of game shows. And I totally agree with that. Cause he's, I've heard nothing but great things about him. Um, he's always really funny in his cameos. And uh, they did do um, a Funko pop a few years ago and they have two versions, one with the mustache and one without. Um, so, you know, uh, I know my friend that I mentioned, uh, she has at least one of them, um, you know, because he's, he's, he's an icon. He's, he's a pop culture icon and it is sad to lose him. Yep. Uh, I totally agree there. So uh, Alex Trebek, rest in peace. And that leads us to the other media that we have been consuming. This is media consumption, movies, TV, video games, podcasts, not ours, of course. And anything else we use to pass the time. Matt, what have you been uh, consuming since the last time we recorded? Uh, pretty much just movies, apart from one uh, television episode, which I'll leave to the end because I know you've seen that as well. Um, I watched The Last Jedi, so episode eight, much maligned for some reason. Uh, we watched that so I could sit and chat about it with John for 90 minutes for Star Wars Sessions Patreon episode. So if you want to hear it, you are going to have to pay two bucks a month to hear it. Um, but it is well worth it. We kind of looked at it as a uh, as two film fans looking at why is it reviled by a seemingly loud minority or, or majority of fans uh what do we think about it what's its impact on that saga and the sequel trilogy as a whole how could it have been different if ryan johnson had helmed the next film and very interesting chat and yes there is some fantastic beasts uh chat thrown in there as well so uh if you if you want to if you're a fan of the sessions do go check that out if, if you're not check it out because me and john are back on it um, and I've also been watching a few films for our next episode of Movie Astrology. Our latest one on where we cover 2001 dropped this week. So go check that out. All good podcast providers, myself and John, talking about film history. But for this next episode, I've been watching Bullets, uh, Night of the Living Dead, re-watching that one. Uh, and I watched Night of the Wolf, Wolf as well, the Ingrid Bergman film. Uh, so I've watched that in anticipation of this episode. I'm not going to say what I thought about it because that's what the whole point of that episode is. But I watched—I was always going to watch Bullet because it's one of the bigger releases of the year. But I know John's watched it and has thoughts on it. 
So I was intrigued going into that one to see what I thought about it. And I'm looking forward to spilling my thoughts to JB uh, when we get to recording the episode. But other than that, I've uh, been catching up on the football, the soccer that's been on, been checking that over the weekend. Uh, but it's been, it was a fairly busy weekend this weekend. Like I said before, a bit of migraine all weekend. This has put me on my backside for a lot of it. And I felt, you know, it didn't only just feel like off the pace when you just feel like yeah. I just want to compl- collapse and, and and just pass out in my bed. But uh, so that's kind of put me off from watching or doing my, many things that I usually would. But nothing is going to put me off watching The Mandalorian. Nothing is going to put me off that. Uh, season two, episode two, chapter 10, The Passenger debuted on friday disney plus all around the world now and it, i enjoyed it i i liked it i thought it was very good i know a lot of people have already said it's a filler it's not there's no it's not a filler it's only eight episodes it's not a filler it all ties in the filler from chapter from season one everyone called tied up into this episode so it all works i liked it great sci-fi horror vibe baby yoda was being a bit naughty um the mando um mando was just as badass as ever and what i like about the mandalorian as a character is he's always getting his ass kicked but he always somehow manages to come out on top so i liked this episode of the mandalorian i'm not gonna go too far into it because spoilers it's only been out for a few days but and also we're a non-spoiler show but i thought it was good i i liked the first one preferred the first one just because it was bigger a more grandiose bigger scale um, but I really did enjoy this second one. And the more I think about it, the more, and I've rewatched it and the more I've spoken about it. I really like this second episode of sci-fi horror vibes, man. And it's Peyton Reed directs it as well. Um, but what did you yeah. think of this one? I, I really liked this episode. Um, Yoda, baby Yoda or the child proves to be quite a stinker. Um, and I, I did enjoy that. It did, um, sitting in a room full of baby Yoda merchandise and then watching it, I was kind of like, I am. I have been so bought by Disney at this point. Um, I felt like a disgruntled father looking at all your Funko Pops of him. Yeah, I was like, "Come on!" Uh, but <laughs> I, do, I really like Mando, and that's the thing. I, I don't. I think the child gets so much of our attention because he's so cute. But Mando as a character, I'm really. I just think he's awesome. Um, I really do. I, I really like him a lot, and so I had no issue with this episode. Um, I did have a friend. Um, our friend who listens to astrology. Uh, was like she can't show her daughter the episode because her daughter is like terrified of spiders um yeah so am i and yeah i got i got the uh i got the creepy crawlies watching this yeah it was pretty i'm not and i was like whoa those man if you're afraid of spiders boy this that's a nightmare spider they went for it in this episode as well you'd you're kind of thinking is this all gonna go to plan (laughs) bloody hell but uh they got they go for it and then um peyton reed directing it i I thought was really interesting because it didn't it didn't have a lot. I mean, the, I think the the child stuff, the humor with that felt like Peyton Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, a lot of like the, the spider and stuff, like you said, that that didn't quite feel like a Peyton Reed movie, which is cool. I think that's awesome. Um, Robert Rodriguez episodes coming up in the next few. So that's going to be interesting as well. And that's what made me look it up is I was like, is this Rodriguez? Because of the, the, the horror spider thing kind of mm-hmm. was like, this feels like it could be a Rodriguez movie for sure. Right. Like this could be yeah, Dust yeah. Dawn, Machete, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, when I looked, I was like, this is Peyton Reed. I'm like, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, but not in a negative way either. I, I, no, I really like the episode and I'm, I like, I don't like, I don't know that I can name everything Peyton's done, but I, I actually like Ant-Man and, and Ant-Man and the Wasp more than most of the Marvel overall, because I love Paul Rudd so much. And I just think they, they get the humor. Michael uh, Peña is wonderful. In so great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I was into it for sure. 
Cool. No, I'm glad to hear. And if you weren't, we we wouldn't end the pod because we're good friends. Uh, but that was me, pretty much. It's pretty much watching things and um, and looking after the little ones. So uh, that was me. And so you watched Amando. What else have you been checking out, uh, my friend? Well, I um, I'm going to go kind of out of order from how I have it on the list. But uh, for Movie Club, we are we are in our Love Stinks month. So Corey and I are watching uh, the Four Trilogy and then Revolutionary Road. Um, that's how we're ending the month, which is cool because it's Sam Mendes and it's like the Titanic sequel. Um, because it's Kate and Leah. And, uh, but so I've been meaning to get to the before trilogy for a long time. Um, as soon as I finished watching the first one, uh, I basically ordered the, uh, the criterion box set, even though I already own the movies. Um, I decided I wanted to have all the criterion stuff because I really liked the first one. And so I was a little nervous going into the second one, which I watched the other night, uh, before sunset that what if, what if I don't love it as much as the first one? And, I, I do love it as much. I do think it's, it's, they're both real talky pictures, which is Linklater's, it's not his style per se, but he definitely is not shy away from the talky dialogue stuff, which, uh, Slackers influence Kevin Smith, which is also very talky, you know, dialogue driven movies. Um, and I like that kind of stuff, especially if I find the characters interesting and the conversation is compelling. But there is a moment, uh, in the film that almost shattered me, um, because, because it was so subtle and it's done in such a cool way where a character reaches out to another character, but the other character doesn't see the action and you do. And you're just like, Oh my God. And like, uh, I was, yeah, I was like, all right, so this movie's, this trilogy is excellent. Um, I am very excited to watch the last one. I'm waiting. I'm actually trying to get Corey to record early because I don't want to watch the third (laughs) one. Uh, Yeah. I don't want to watch the third one. And then, try to only talk about the second one because i will i won't be able to like not bring up the oh, stuff man. in the third movie so Dude. i'm waiting till we record and i'm like oh my god i want to watch the third one <laughs> okay i won't say anything but i spoke to john off as we do that trilogy is great it's funny because it doesn't get spoken about in terms of trilogies but as all three Dude. films i think stand alone on their own merits together what a wonderful piece of art and craftsmanship this trilogy is with everyone in, involved coming together over the decades to make this thing. Yeah. But all three films stand alone for me on their own merits. And that's why it's so impressive for me. Yeah. I, and I loved uh, the second one's only 81 minutes, which is why I watched it so early in the week. Usually I, I watch it in the middle of the week, but I was like, I, I wanted to watch something. I didn't have a lot of time. I'm like, this is, this is the night. I'm just going to go ahead and knock it out. Um, I then uh, last night um, I was, I was having a really stressful kind of a day and I needed something on in the background um and i went to patterson um yeah it's like i don't know probably my fourth or fifth time watching the movie i i adore that film mm-hmm. and it really hit the right spot for me last night like because the music is so soothing and driver's performance is like it's so subdued and it's so understated isn't it right and the thing i i think i really needed last night was his no matter how stressed out he gets he presents this calm even in the like the worst moments for him, he still has this like calm air about him. And I'm like, I kind of need that. Cause I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I'm feeling a little upset and down. Um, and, and it's like, look at this, this guy's hit everything that his world is small in the movie. Like it's really, it really is small. Like he's very content. It's with a the slice of life, has. isn't it? It's like a week right. in the life of it, literally. And it's, uh, I just, I just adore the film. I, I can understand why other people maybe won't click with it, but for me, it, it, it's, I, I like Jarmusch anyways. I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of his movies. 
Um, I can't wait. I will have my Criterion uh, brand new release comes out next week. The Ghost Dog uh, Criterion print. It's the only Jarmusch big film I've not seen because it has been out of print. Like it was impossible to get. And finally, Criterion is releasing it, so I will. I will have that. Um, I'm super excited to finally get to watch that one. But I, I, I tend to like Jarmusch. But for me, Patterson is the epitome of what I love about Jarmusch. It's cool. It's calm. There's just this, uh, the poetry, man. It's literally about poetry, but it's so poetic. It's so great. Um, I just, it's funny I, as well, the, wasn't it? His, his it relationship is. with uh, Gold Shifter Fadahani, his, his on-screen wife, is wonderful. How they're so almost like polar opposite where with her mm-hmm. uh, designs of being a fashion designer or, or next is a cupcake maker. And she makes these kind of like funky, cheesy broccoli pie or whatever it was. And Adam Drive's yeah. just forcing it down because he's like, like you say, he's just so chill. Like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. lovely. He hates it. Those two are so great together. And, I love Pat. I loved this film. It surprised me so much when I first watched it. Um, I really like to rewatch this again. But yeah, yeah, I totally recommend it. I yeah, me too. And um, but then I I rewatched the film that I had not seen since it came out in theaters. I saw it in theaters, and I I for years have said it's a bad movie based on my experience seeing it. And that's Robert Zemeckis's Contact. Mm. Um, I. I don't know exactly what it was about it when I saw it that I didn't click with, but I, it didn't click with me as a kid. Um, and I, I think part of it was being a kid, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't think it's a kid oriented film. Um, I rewatched it because blank check as a, as a podcast, I listened to that was, it was up to that week. And I, I felt like I've been needing to rewatch it because I've heard some people just claim it's like the best movie. I'm like, really? I didn't like it. Um, I liked it a lot more this time around for one. Jodie Foster is fantastic in this movie i just think she's so great and i i do like her as an actress but there's something about her in contact that feels different to me than a lot of the other performances she's given and uh not that it's her best performance it's just a different performance you get to see a different side of jodie foster that i really enjoyed um and i i definitely i remember the ending of contact but i think i may have interpreted some things incorrectly that made me dislike it i i felt like it was a twist that didn't didn't work when i was a kid and now I'm like, no, no, I totally just didn't. I don't think I got it. I don't think I understood exactly what they were saying was happening. Uh, and I totally did this time around. Um, I think it's an interesting allegory. There's a lot of interesting performances. Um, and uh, listening to the podcast was really cool. It is a weird movie. And it, it can either really, really work for you or it can totally not work. And I think it's somewhere in the middle for me, I, a leaning towards working. though. I think it, overall it's really entertaining and thought-provoking. Um and it's kind of crazy when you compare it with the rest of the Zemeckis filmography. It's it's very different That's um, true. compared to a lot of his other stuff. Like if you, had, I, I I'm not sure when I realized it was a Zemeckis film to be honest, because it's so different. But I I think it's fine. It's 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 all right. Yeah. It, it, like you say, it's a thinking man sci-fi film. The ending is a bit it's, it's all right, but yeah, it's, I, it's okay. I haven't really had any desire to go back and rewatch it. I've only ever seen it once, but uh, I maybe I'll maybe I'll pull a book and rewatch it and see if my opinion changes. But for, it's middle of the road, man, for me. Yeah, I mean, t- to be fair, I went from like really disliking it to like now saying it's it's fine, you know. But for that's a big <laughs> it's a big leap that's for many big, years. I was just like, yeah, it was like, oh, this movie's trash, and I I I still don't really remember. I just remember that feeling more so than I remember why. Um, but and i've been playing world of warcraft and listening to the adventure zone podcast and that's that's basically what i've been uh been doing i've been working like crazy um but that's it uh that's what we've been consuming the hard part though 
is all of that consumption is, isn't enough on its own. It's not enough nutrition to give us what we need to stay bloody awesome. So we have to ask that question to make sure that every week we're bringing it to you because we don't want to sell you short. We don't want you to come here and not get what you paid for or, you know, got for free off of your podcatcher of choice. But nonetheless, we want to make sure we're delivering what we've promised. And this has to be a bloody awesome movie podcast. So Matt, what are you doing to stay bloody awesome? That's it, man. We wouldn't, we don't, we don't need to think we're just pretty, it's not a pretty awesome movie podcast. It's bloody awesome. And that's what we are. But uh, for me, <clears throat> this week, yeah, as we well documented, we're in lockdown, part two, Boris strikes back. So we're on lockdown, so they can't really do an awful lot. So other than sort of like keeping your sanity within the same four walls. But um, my one is is painting, but I haven't been painting. I've been painting with my uh, my little girl. She's four, four and a half now. Um, and she's always going, she's always asking, can I paint, can I paint, can I paint? Um, one part of me is like oh but yeah mess (laughs) washing up but I was like do you know what I'm going to give in and I guess I'm going to go to the supermarket when I get the groceries get some paints get a magazine with um, some uh, models in which you paint and I've been painting and um, obviously I spend time with my daughter all the time play with her anyway but um, it was nice to sort of just sit down and just mess around with uh, these little models getting some paper and just painting any old for me any any old obviously hers was master was a masterpiece but mine was just splattered on rubbish but it was fun i'd never become a painter but it was quite fun to just to sit down and just aimlessly just mix colors and paint for a bit obviously spending time with with the kids is always where it's at and especially in this uh lockdown period of, as well when you can't really go out or we can't go out other than to the supermarket these are the kind of things that are going to make you stay bloody awesome um, which again, I do it anyway, even when we're not in lockdown or we're in a COVID, but it feels ultra awesome now kind of having to, even though it is, this is the way it's, it's nice to kind of think that, well, you know, even though the world's falling apart, these moments are where it's at. And this is the kind of stuff that keeps it going. And it's a lot of fun. So for me, it's obviously spending time with the kids, but painting is what's making for me bloody awesome. But what about you, my friend? I I'm going with friendship and it's kind of weird, I guess, because it's not me doing the things that are really showing friendship as much as I've been awed by my friends in the last week. Um, not that they're ever bad friends, but they've just, they've been thinking about me in, in ways that were surprising and very, I'm very grateful to have all of these. And it's all different people. That's the other thing that's been so kind of awing to me. Um, you know, especially I've never felt more disconnected to my coworkers at mm-hmm. my job. Because we don't really see each other anymore. Like at most, we see each other on a Zoom window because even our faculty meetings are just Zoom because there's so many of us and there's nowhere to really be that would make sense to all be in the same room kind of thing. And so like there's been days where I'm just like, does so-and-so even work here? I haven't seen any of these people. And um, the to be fair, the two that I'm going to reference without giving names are are not two that I haven't seen. That One's in the same hallway as me and one I bounce into all the time. But um the other morning, uh, I had had a really bad day last Thursday and Friday morning without, I didn't tell anybody I had a bad day or anything. So it was unprovoked. It just happened to coincide. Um, my, my, uh, coworker who's the culinary teacher, uh, brought me this awesome Mr. Rogers, um, present. It was a, it was like, she's like, I saw it. I immediately thought of you. I didn't want to wait till Christmas. So I went ahead and brought it now. Um, and it's this uh, awesome figure. It's a Mr. Rogers bust. Basically it's a couple inches and it, it, talks it has quotes and it came with this little book i did post a picture of it on my instagram I did see I'm, that i'm a big big mr rogers fan um he's kind of my hero 
And it was just so awesome to get that. And I really needed it. I needed that reminder that, you know, no matter how tough things get, we can be optimistic. Look at what Rogers would do. Um, and then later on that day, one of my graduates who has now become a good friend of mine who I play D&D with, uh, most of my D&D group works at the high school, except for one person. The one person who doesn't work at the high school brought us all coffee on Friday from Starbucks. So a midday Starbucks unprompted delivery. I looked at my message and it was like, um, we got bringing you coffee. I'm like, what? That's the best. <laughs> um, and then Monday morning, I think it was Monday. It might've been yesterday morning. No, today's Tuesday. I'm right. It was Monday morning. It was yesterday. I, I told you guys, my brain's a little off. It's definitely um, Tuesday today. Um, my, my friend uh, showed up at my room early in the morning with something I'd never heard of before. It's a Neiman Marcus bar which is a type of blondie, like brownie. Um, oh. it's, and has like all these like crumbled walnuts on dude. Oh man. It was, you could tell it was not okay to be eating it, especially <laughs> at the breakfast bar, but oh man, it Don't was worry so about that. Um, I could, I was, I'm very grateful for all, all these people who are thinking of me, um, like that in a time when everything's crazy. The fact that, uh, that people, um, take that time to like, to, to think, Hey, Birkenfield might need a, a pick me up, and I'm I'm just so grateful uh, for all the, all uh, all of my friends. But you know, just that we have the, that opportunity. You know, especially this was a tough week. We had the election, so the the, the tensions were high. Um, and then there's just normal work pressure. Then there's COVID pressure, and it's all all of it. Uh, these little gestures that my friends have have sent my way have really made it uh, doable. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, man. Can't can't leave out my two podcast buddies, Corey and Matt, of course, who Woo-hoo! always bring a smile to my face when we get to talk movies um, and anything else. So I, I'm grateful for all of you. Uh, again, not just the three people who got me stuff, but all of you, all of my friends. So um, that's how I've been saying Bloody Awesome is really thinking about how uh, how much of an impact we can have on each other, you know, with little little gestures. That's it, man. I, I, I completely agree. I've had a few people phone me, a few of my buddies, just like that, like what's happening, what's going on? and the kind of that kind of thing how how are things and it, it also makes me think damn do i do this enough as well maybe i should yeah. do it a bit more often and um but it is it's lovely to hear because uh, sometimes sometimes you need to stop the count and just see how everyone's doing um and it's been nice this week so i'm glad to hear that's happened to you and again shout out to Corey for linking me with the william friedkin the exorcist new exorcist documentary shudder i think it's the 90th of november i had no idea it was coming out I'm now sitting there counting down the days for that. So we we, we love everyone out there. So thank you. And lots of positivity. What a great way to end an episode is with that positive note. Um, we look forward to next week's episode where we're going to be reviewing the trial of the Chicago seven on Netflix. It's the new Aaron Sorkin film, something that uh, Matt and I are both kind of fans of Aaron Sorkin style. And so we're looking forward to finally getting to this one. It did come out a few weeks ago, so we're a little behind, but you know what? It's all it's all crazy. Uh, there's no theatrical releases. We can't keep track of dates. Who knows what day it is, what time? Maybe we already recorded that episode and we just played them out of order. Who knows? Who That's knows? Exactly. Because uh, um, time is a construct, everybody. So with that, uh, we'd love for you to uh, follow our nonlinear life on social media. You can reach out to us on Instagram at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod and on Twitter uh, at Bamp underscore Podcast B A M P at underscore podcast bamp underscore podcast and if you're busy monitoring your uh your grandpa's facebook post you can follow us there you can just google or not google facebook search uh bloody awesome you can google it too it's whatever it's all the same it's all searching 
Um, it's on the internet, and you can do all sorts of stuff on the internet. We all know this. Uh, you can follow us individually, of course. Matt, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, you could find me what I watch tonight.co.uk. My, my bikini shots aren't on there, so you can't stalk them like you would Facebook. Uh, and what I watch tonight, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd also. And um, so there's so many times where things that we say, I'm like, wait, is that a British saying? Or is that, are you making the same joke that it would be in English or in English? Jesus Christ. Um, are you speaking another language? Uh, my, are normal like men bathing suits called bikinis? Or were you making a joke about wearing a like bikini? I was making a joke about wearing a uh, fe- female bikini. You mentioned uh, stalking your granddad's Facebook. Yes. Some people would probably stalk their crush's Facebook sure, as well, but sure. no, it was none a- of me in a bikini or a mankini either. I, I, my brain is not functioning. So I was just like, oh, do they just call bathing suits bikinis? Like, I don't know. It's you can find John in a burkini, though, yes. here, uh, on his Facebook. That's all of my clothes are called burkinis. Um, <laughs> but you can follow me at burkreviews.com or on any of the social medias, just at burkreviews. Um, if you like the podcast, and you may not if this is the first episode because I'm all over the place, but if you do, we ask that you take a minute on whatever podcatcher you use to rate and review the podcast. Um, it just helps other listeners find us. And if you like what we're doing, we assume you want to help us out. Be that friend that keeps us bloody awesome. Um, with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Awesome!